The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. There's a quote that I love. It says, Encouragement is not flattery or empty praise. Encouragement is like verbal sunshine. It costs nothing. It warms the hearts of others and inspires them with hope and with confidence. I mean, how beautiful is that? Verbal sunshine, who doesn't want some? Encouragement! Yes! Encouragement, my friend. Good job. Encouragement. Great job. You can do it! See, but the real challenge, the real challenge of growth, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, comes when you get knocked down. How you handle it, that's where the growth takes place. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Well, truth barista, Boy, that curb service is really getting uh, growing. I mean, people are coming from all over. They still want their coffee and their kolaches and all the other things we offer. And it's good. It is. You're really hustling, man. You've got some hustle in your bustle. Oh, I got some hustle. By the way, yes. it looks like you're hustling there reading something. Yeah, I got this tremendous newsletter I want to share with you if you want to. Well, yeah. What's it on? It's called Christian Encouragement. It's a newsletter called Rod and Staff, which is funny because... Rod and Staff, you know, comes from Psalm 23. Is it two guys that uh, do a radio or a podcast? No, it's Pastor Rod Lynch and oh. his staff. Oh, I get it. I but get it's it. a wonderful newsletter. I've been following his teaching for years and years and years. And he was a former Missouri Synod Lutheran pastor, if I recall right. And he taught at a church that I attended. And I've signed up for his newsletter, and it's been feeding me for years. And I have noticed a lot of people are really discouraged with job losses and changes in their lives and and sickness and you know it's like people really need a boost today yes they do and so they this do. thing came at just the right time i'll tell you that so let's walk through it okay i love to i love encouragement okay. by the way have you encouraged me today yes i have i said you need a cup of coffee because you're hustling <laughs> how's that i love it yeah i'm a prime encourager here <laughs> Okay, this is what I like. I mean, I'm just going to hit on some things. This is a really a fine teaching. And he says here about encouraging. An encouraging environment does wonders for one's well-being. Isn't that great? Well, I think you can run a lot further on one small encouragement than one criticism, right? Exactly. It's kind of like the carrot and the stick thing. I'd mm -hmm. rather go for the carrot than be beaten with the stick. And that encouraging word is really something that can empower people and inspire people. We need that. We do. Okay, he writes down here that he has a sanguine personality temperate, which makes it easier to encourage others. I Having sat through his spiritual gifts teaching and personality teachings, a sanguine personality is outgoing. And so an extroverted person really is 
kind of a natural encourager. You can do it. Come on, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of a thing. And in conjunction with the spiritual gift from Romans 12 of a motivational gift, that's a real powerful combination within the body. You know, I bet you if you think through your past, there are people that probably pop out to you in your memory who were super encouragers throughout your whole life, especially in the body of Christ. I have one friend like that that's always encouraging. I don't think there's a negative bone in his body. You know, a lot of times they just call him to get a good word, you know, to hear a joyful sound on the other end of the phone. He's kind of like a shot of adrenaline, right? Just right. give me a boost today, right? right? Right. You know, it's funny though, because people look at people like that and go, oh, you never have a negative word. You're always powerful. You're always upbeat. But you know something? Encouragers need encouragement too, because they're human beings like everybody else. And I, by nature, really try to encourage people in the sense of prodding them, exhorting them to follow the word. But you don't get a lot of encouragement, I bet. Even though you are an encourager, do you get a lot of encouragement? I do. It comes through a variety of means. It comes through normal means, physical means, human beings, and it comes through the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about. But what I find, too, is if I don't get encouragement, that really hits me deeply. And I've begun to talk to other encouragers, and I'll tell you, if a discouragement comes to an encourager, that's like a pin popping a balloon. And they really need to be built up. Encouragers thrive on encouragement because they like to dish out encouragement to people. So they need their tank filled as much as they're filling other people. Well, and that's one of the reasons I think people need to encourage their pastor. A lot of times, you know, pastors, you know, they like to know their sermons are hitting home because they put so much time in them, right? That's true. I mean, everybody likes to know they're doing a good job. Correct. But how many pastors or how many speakers or teachers want to stand up and go, hey, everybody. How am I doing? You know, it's kind of like, what's wrong with you? But you know something? Everybody does want to know that they're doing a good job. And sometimes you do need to ask for some encouragement. I know when I've done some teachings or whatever, I've asked my wife, how did it go? Was it understandable? Did you enjoy it? And her feedback is that encouragement I need. And you know something? Many Christians, including their leaders, battle discouragement. I'll tell you something. During the time period where churches now are having to meet online. This has been a real challenge for pastors and Christian leaders as to how effective they are, how how much worth they have to the body of Christ. You know something? Just having one congregation member call them up and say, I really appreciated that word. It lifted my spirits or really spoke to me. Man, that's like throwing fuel into the fire. I wonder how many times a Christian leader gets down just based on the fact that he's not or she's not getting a lot of feedback. And I'm a person who I rarely get depressed. But when I get depressed, I get depressed over the fact that I just don't think I'm doing a good job. Or if I was doing something like a sermon or a teaching or anything like that, I find myself really being down if I don't feel I did a good job. And it's funny because getting a discouraging word or a disparaging comment drives you down. And it's true, not getting any feedback is also discouraging. And by the way, this is not just for Christian leaders. All Christians face this discouragement thing. Think of it in this way. Couragement is to to encourage, is to put courage into somebody. That's how I think of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Discouragement is to kind of drain it out of them. 
we all get discouraged through the things of life. Well, what we want is courage, right? We yeah. want to impart courage or help people see models of courage because that's what's going to face the things in the world. That's what encourages us when right. we see other people with courage. In fact, Rod points out in the newsletter, Elijah. Elijah, we always look at this tremendous battle on the hilltop between him and the pagan priests, and he simply asks God to call down fire, and God does this remarkable work, and, and Elijah thinks, aha, now we're going to have this fantastic revival throughout Israel. But what happens? Queen Jezebel looks at him and goes, oh, I'm going to eat you for lunch. <laughs> I love it. And nothing seems to happen in the text, and Elijah gets afraid, and he runs. He runs from Israel, the northern part of Israel, and he goes down to Mount Horeb, which is in the western side of the Arabian Peninsula. It's Mount Sinai. He secludes himself. He quarantines himself in a cave. And God comes by and gives him an encouragement saying, you know, dude, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about me. In fact, I'm going to show you. I'm going to use three other guys, and they're going to bring that person down, and then they're going to see the revival in Israel. Mm. So even the greatest heroes in Scripture, one comes to mind, King David. Okay, He's running from Saul, so that's a discouraging thing. But he joins the Philistines and kind of fakes like he's changed sides. Well, they're going into a battle with King Saul. Now he's caught in the middle, and he's going, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, the Philistine leader's looking, going, why do we want a turncoat in the battle? He may turn again and come against us. Get rid of him. So the Philistine king gets rid of him. So David goes, Whew, and he goes back to his home base at a town called Ziklag in the southern Israel desert. Guess what? Amalekites have come through, wiped out the town, took all the treasure, took all the women and children, and all the men are ready to stone him. That was a discouraging moment for David. He sat down, and he strengthened himself in the Lord. He spent time alone with God. God, and God encouraged him. He went back, he pasted the enemy, he saved all the treasure, and not one human being was lost. Well, I remember Psalm 73. It's one of my favorites because David was very discouraged about something. Well, just well, it was about people being evil, right? And the evilness, and they were prospering, and he just couldn't get encouraged by that until he went in the sanctuary of the Lord. Then he got clear eyes, and he could hear clearly again. That's a great point because a lot of our discouragement comes when we lose perspective. Right. But when we get God's perspective, remember, he's above, in our minds, he's above the fray. He sees all of the things that are going around us. He's the best encourager. But that doesn't leave out the body of Christ. The body of Christ is also the encourager, and I'll explain why. But so, you know what we need to do? We need to be encouraged by that urn over there because my coffee cup is discouraged. You are so sad. You know what I like about your description of yourself? You talk about being a frothy truth barista. That's right. I am a frothy truth barista. So let's talk about how people get a hold of the frothy truth barista because we want to connect with our audience. Right. right. We have two places where you can go. You can go to the podcast, which is truthbarista.com, and click on an RSS feed button there, and that will automatically notify you when we get a new episode online. And then you can go to the teaching side of that same page. It says Frothy Thoughts from Your Truth Barista, and that's my blog. And you can click on that, go to the blog, and I have resources there. I have articles that I've written. I can even put up some downloads for you if you want some uploaded notes. So you hit the 
RSS feed on that page, and you'll get all of the notifications when something new comes. So when people click on the RSS feed, Truth Barista, it comes up in a box, and they have to put their email address. That's yep. how they get that That's automatic right. feed. And we don't sell that. We don't push it along to anybody else. We don't spam you. It just you get one quick, short little notice that a new thing has been uploaded or added to the blog or to the podcast. And so many places today, you know, you can't trust the truth, right? That's right. In some right. places because it's fake truth or fake news, whatever. But we know, and you know, by listening to the podcast and reading the blogs, we don't do anything fake. No, we devote ourselves to the truth of God's Word and how it applies to today's world and especially to the Christian and how they should walk with God. Once again, what's the Truth Barista website? The website is truthbarista.com and then you can click on Frothy Thoughts from your Truth Barista and that takes you to the blog. But once you get to the blog, go ahead and bookmark it. It makes it easier. Hey, you know something? The Truth Barista keeps you grounded in God's Word. Get it? Grounded? <laughs> By the way, The Truth Barista is a production of High Beam Ministry. That's highbeamministry.com. High beams, as in car high beams? Now, are you back after that discouraging word I gave you about being sad? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm really encouraged. Yeah. My cup is full. Well, let's let's get into the newsletter here because he has some great teaching, and I want to share it before we have to get back to work here. Okay, he says there are three New Testament Greek words that are translated to encourage, and one of those is the word parakleo. Generally, they denote to comfort, to help, to counsel, to urge forward, to persuade, to exhort, to commend, or to advocate for somebody. So, it is really interesting that the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. It's based on this word. So, he is the one who helps us, comforts us, counsels us, urges us forward, persuades us, exhorts us, commends us, and advocates for us. Wow. In other words, we've got a resident encourager in us. Okay, He's so, like a cheerleader. He is. He is God's divine cheerleader. However, we need more than just divine encouragement. We need human encouragement. And we've got the cheerleader for example, at a football game. Gary, Gary, he's a man. He can't do it. No one can. But that kind of encouragement only touches the soul and the body. Christian encouragement from the Holy Spirit goes to the heart, goes to the spirit, goes to the very core of our being. So that's why we need our personal cheerleader, the Holy Spirit. Rod writes that the Holy Spirit bears witness in our hearts that we are God's adopted children and are truly saved. Romans 8, 15, Galatians 4, 6, 7. He also pours into our hearts God's love, Romans 5, 5. And he inspires and directs us into the center of God's will, Romans 8, 14. In fact, after Paul was uh, converted, Rod writes, that he went to Samaria, Judea, Galilee, Samaria here, and enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort, encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Now, he writes, what's the goal of encouragement? Really, the encouragement here is that we may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
In a word, God, says Rod, would have all of us be encouragers so that men might believe in Messiah, in Christ, be conformed to Christ's image, and faithfully serve in Christ's kingdom. You know, my wife said something to me this morning which I thought was very good. She said, you know, you spend so much time watching the news, and you're kind of a news junkie, and all you're getting is gloom and doom. And you know something? I realized how gloomy and doomy I was getting because that's all the input I ever get. Hey, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So, right. of course, if you're going to fill yourself up with garbage, garbage is going to come out. Hey, if we fill ourselves up with encouragement, either through people or the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to come out of us? That's right. Encouragement. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about the ministry of encouragement. Ministry means a service. There's actually a part of encouragement that's a part of the body's ministry to one another. Rod writes that all church leaders particularly need to be encouragers. Why? Well, there's the fivefold ministry gifts, they call it in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their job is to build up the body of Christ. That's not just training. It's encouraging to step out in the training and to do the work of the ministry. In fact, he's got a great illustration here that the best coaches are encourager coaches. They may have to zot you with a a spanking, a quick spanking when you do something wrong, but they're right behind Mm -hmm. that with a word of encouragement. The New Testament church, we got all sorts of encouragement. In fact, Barnabas, his name means the son of encouragement. You have Judas and Silas in Acts 15.32 who said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. In Colossians 4.8, Paul says, I'm sending Tychicus to you. And to paraphrase it, it's because he's there to encourage that body. Think about this. You've got a ministry where your main job is to dispatch teachers, people in ministry, specifically to go to congregations to encourage them. Not to rebuke them, not to go into intensive training with them, but to simply encourage them in the Lord. What a tremendous ministry that would be. I bet you that thing would grow. (laughs) Okay, so besides all leaders, particularly all believers generally, Rod says, need to have this. We have the motivational gift in Romans 12.8. A motivational gift is a motive gift. My motive is to encourage other people. And you mentioned that one person. He probably, if he took a spiritual gift test, probably had that gift. I think he does, exactly. And I've taken a spiritual gift test, and that's part of mine, is encouragement. Now, I like to teach, but sometimes it's a battle of, do I want to teach and be dry, or do I want to be an encourager and really pump people up? And it's always a a back-and-forth battle to me. So I try to encourage them with my teaching and hoping that my teaching encourages people. You know, I remember David Wilkerson. You remember him? And he was a prophet, and so a lot of his messages were always kind of negative. But he learned that at the end of every message that's kind of negative, he'd have to have an encouraging word to yeah. bring people back to a point of saying, yes, this may be not right, but in God, it does make it right. And he always turned things around, realizing people needed the encouragement in order to even grasp the message he was A giving. lot that I got was, you may be doing something wrong, but... You can turn and be better. Exactly. That was, yeah, I agree. So not only the church leaders, but all believers, he quotes a couple of verses here, which are great. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 3.13 says, The encourage one another daily as long as it is today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouragement should be a part of every church service and every home group meeting. And I think 
every interaction between Christians is to encourage one another because the world is trying to discourage us, dishearten us, and break us down. So, like I said with David Wilkerson, your messages are sometimes very instructive, and sometimes that instruction is kind of hard. But what you're saying is you've got to bring it back to encouragement. Yes. You know who's in a unique position to encourage people? Hmm. And Rod points this out. Parents. Parents have a unique power to encourage or discourage their children. And many of us who have been children (laughs) realize this. We can think back on times when it hurt very much to be discouraged by a parent or even somebody who we perceive as an authority, somebody we admire. It still hurts me today. A pastor, I was plunking around on a church organ, having never played a pipe organ before, but I used to play piano and I tried it on a church organ and a pastor walked by and said, don't give up your day job. I remember that and it still stings as much as it did. And this was back many decades ago. (laughs) That's terrible. But... There are also encouragements that we remember. I remember a pastor in the same church, an associate pastor. I was on a youth convention, and he looks at me. We're in a strange city, and he looks at me, and he goes, hmm, so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so, you stay here with the group. Jay, I want you to come with me, and we'll make these arrangements. That strangely encouraged me, and I look back on that as one of the first steps that led me into ministry because of his encouragement. Isn't that amazing? It is good. Okay, so who needs the ministry of encouragement as he's going along in the newsletter here? He says, all Christians daily, Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily. Even Jesus needed encouragement. I love this. At his baptism, Rod points out, God said, his father says to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The very next thing Jesus does is he goes into the wilderness for temptation. You want to bet that word from his father, that encouragement from his father, is the thing that took him through the very questioning that Satan raised to him? If you are the Son of God, or can be also phrased, since you are the Son of God, then do this. Well, Jesus go, I am my father's son. I don't have to prove anything to you. That was a word of encouragement that strengthened him. It also happens later on in his life, too. Jesus did not succumb to the lies, even on the Mount of Transfiguration. Again, God says to Jesus, this is my son, my beloved, you must listen to him. He says that to the disciples. So there's another encouragement. Jesus immediately turns his face to go to the cross. Isn't that interesting? Before the two biggest problems in Jesus' life, his father precedes it with encouragement. Wow, that is interesting. That is awesome. It is awesome. How many times has the Lord given us an encouragement just before we went into a hard situation? Or how many times after coming out of a tough situation, God gives us a pat on the back and says, attaboy. I worry so much about that. When I go into something, I always worry, 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 worry. I'm a worry wart. Mm -hmm. But then at the very end, after it's all over with, the encouragement comes and it's, you know, everything is made right. Right. You know, I'll tell you, if you happen to be on the front line of ministry, it doesn't matter if you're an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, an evangelist, or if you happen to be heading up a food ministry or whatever it is, man, if you're on the front line of ministry, you are a target for discouragement. And everybody listening to me right now who knows exactly what I'm talking about if you're in that position. And you know, if you're not in that position, look at the people who are and make it your choice to encourage them as often as possible. I think it's a great witnessing tool as well, because if you're a positive encourager, even to the non-believer, Believer, that lends itself to a more of a open door to talk about the good things of God. Exactly. Even just to offer an encouragement to somebody who's not a member of the body of Christ, somebody
somebody who is a lost person. Can I give you another example? Sure. Okay, years back, I was going to the University of Minnesota. My brother was a couple years ahead of me, and I was on a pre-med track as an undergraduate, and there was this young gal next to me, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. I thought, oh, I'd like to date her. But she was so discouraged in chemistry class, she was ready to quit. And I said, no, you you got this. You can do this. It's this, this, and then try this. She went, oh. And she went on. I said, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. My brother comes up to me about five years later, and he says, do you remember a young lady named so-and-so? And I went, yeah, she was in my chemistry class. How could you forget somebody that cute, right? And he comes up and he says, she has a message for you. I said, what's that? And she goes, tell your brother thank you for his encouragement. I have just graduated from med school. Oh, wow. That was, must have made you feel good. And it's just like, that encouraged me. Yes. I have shaped, I have helped shape a life. Mm -hmm. The Lord has used me to Mm -hmm. impact somebody. Now, let's just kind of close our time talking with Rod's suggestions here on how to encourage people, how to stimulate the ministry of encouragement and suggestions for pastors and leaders. We really need a grace consciousness and the ability to discern when the Holy Spirit is working. So he may tap you on the shoulder and say, you go talk to that person. Mm. You go encourage them. They need a lift. Okay? We need to be alert to those nudges of the Holy Spirit to write that letter, send that email, send the text. You know, you were on my mind today. People are encouraged just to know people are thinking about them because it lets them know they matter. We need to encourage body language, okay? How many times when somebody's talking with you, you're, you know, you're having a conversation and they're just playing with their phone? Oh, Really discouraging. Oh, it's I, so I guess bad. I just don't matter to you. Right. To give somebody an open stance, not arms crossed, mm-hmm. but an open stance, looking at their eyes, talking mm-hmm. to them directly, is a very engaging, encouraging thing. We need to get into the habit of making contact with people and encouraging them. We need to call them. You know, they're, call your mother. She worries, right? We need to encourage our parents and our children by calling them and encouraging them. That's something I need to do more. We need to look out for people who look discouraged or troubled. One thing we need to avoid, Rod says, and I agree with this a lot, avoid flattery. People know when you're just basically trying to stroke their ego, but genuine encouragement has a tremendous impact. And by the way, when you send your children off to school, when you see your husband or your wife off for work or whatever you're doing, part company with an encouraging word. God bless you. I love you. You're the special person in my life. Just see you, honey. I can't wait to see you when you get home. That kind of a thing. What a tremendous encouragement. And finally, here's some things I love. Here are suggestions for pastors and leaders in the body. Number one, we need to let our people have more opportunities for testimonies. I think that's a great idea. I do too. I've had some times when I've been doing a teaching or sharing a message in a church, somebody gives a testimony and it's like, that's it. I don't need to preach. That was the message right Mm. there. It was a word of encouragement. Okay. We never should take advantage of the people who are so faithfully serving in the body of Christ. You know, one of the spiritual gifts is service. Most people who serve like to stay in the background. They don't like the adulation or the recognition. You know something? They need it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just need to step up and say, good job, April, or good job, Don, or good job, Jay. In fact, in our congregation, it's J2 because I'm a J. He's J2. Good job, J2, on setting up the sound system early. This is a great thing. We need to be vulnerable with our people in sharing our personal struggles, needs, and weaknesses because that encourages them. You mean that leader struggles with the same things I do? Wow, 
I feel good. Mm. Not that they're suffering, right. but they can identify with them. We need to visit people in their homes, at their places of work, in the coffee shop. I mean, how many pastors in the area here come and share with their congregation members? We've got that special booth over there, the encouragement booth. We should put a sign over <laughs> we there. We should, yeah. Yes, this is, you get free coffee when you get into that booth so you can encourage your congregation member or a friend for 15 minutes, and that's what you get. Free cup of coffee, 15 minutes. Is that a great idea? Oh, I think it's great. We need to do that. (laughs) I think so. Now, here's another thing that blows people's mind. Since the Holy Spirit is the encourager, then the messages he brings forth through the oral gifts of the Spirit, such as prophecies, speaking in tongues, words of knowledge, words of... These things would naturally carry an encouragement stream with them. They should be encouraging words. Even if they're corrective words, like a prophecy could be, they should still be encouraging because prophecy is for the upbuilding encouraging of the saints. And one of the things that's really weird that some people have an issue with is the speaking in tongues. Paul says that speaking in tongues or using a prayer language specifically encourages the individual who does it. So he's going, I pray in tongues more than you all. And I'm thinking, why? And Rod pointed it out and I laughed. He goes, you know the garbage that Paul went through? Of course he prayed in tongues to be encouraged. (laughs) He needed it. Oh, that was good. So anyway, that's the newsletter. I'm going to keep this one handy just to remind me to encourage people. And by the way, I'm going to make sure that I send a letter or something to Pastor Rod to encourage him for this letter. Oh, wouldn't that be great? And to let him know it's going out around the world. I love the encouragement of today's discussion and Bible study. So great job. And I would like to encourage you because I just saw a car pull up and I know that that's Josie and I know that she's going to want her triple espresso. So I encourage you to hustle. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista podcast.